Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. HarperCollins presents Her Majesty's Royal Coven by Juno Dawson. Neve, Helena, Elle and Leone, four lifelong friends who also happen to belong to the oldest coven in the United Kingdom. When oracles predict the genocide of all witches, the women must choose where their allegiances lie, with the coven or with each other. The New York Times called Her Majesty's Royal Coven superb and charming. From best-selling author Juno Dawson comes a brand new fantasy trilogy for fans of a discovery of witches or the craft. Out now in hardback and audiobook, narrated by Nicola Coughlin, star of Bridgerton. Her Majesty's Royal Coven by Juno Dawson. Hi and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly Sex and the City podcast where we take the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. As ever, you are listening to, starting over yet again, Juno Dawson and reservations for one, Dylan <laughs> B. Jones. Hi Dylan. Hi Juno. This week we are joined by our first guest of season five. It's a friend of mine, the fantastic columnist, author, artist, performer, musician, spiritual guru. It's Rhiannon <laughs> Styles. Welcome. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, Jude. I was not expecting that. Hi, both of you. It's great to be here. It's lovely to have you. Rhiannon requested about two years ago to come in for this very specific episode. I think we invited Rhiannon on for season three. And you were like, no, I'm going to play the long game. Mm. I want to come on for season five, <laughs> episode four. And, <laughs> and we are true. A promise is a promise and true to our word. Here we are, two years later, talking Aww. about that episode now. So before we launch into it, Dylan, do you want to open your little potted synopsis? Yeah. So um, it's a meaty episode, which, as we were saying just before we came on air, it's always good. It's always more fun for us and probably for the listeners when there's lots to talk about. So um, it's the infamous, possibly the most memorable element is Carrie walking in on Samantha getting <laughs> blown by the UPS guy. Mm-hmm. Or Samantha Samantha blowing the UPS guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, maybe he was. Maybe we missed that bit where he gently blew on her clitoris. That, that is. <laughs> I mean, that, that would have be nice. been better that way around. Um, well, what, well, what would Miranda have we'll, to say about that? Yeah, As we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And Miranda, Miranda goes to Weight Watchers and meets... Um, 
Matt? Matt. Matt. From Weight Watchers. Um, no, Tom. Tom. Big Sorry, Bone yeah. Tom. Big Bone Tom. Tom. Yes. Big Boned. Yes, thanks, Rhiannon. Mm-hmm. I knew it was some sort of monosyllabic male name. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Greg. Ted. Kev. Um, so Miranda, Miranda meets Tom. Um, and uh, some kind of interesting uh, stuff around sexual etiquette ensues. And not a huge amount for Charlotte. She does some sponsored content for Amazon. Um and <laughs> struggles with and struggles with um she's still like a bit hung up on the fact that she's divorced and she's like a bit a bit down about that and a bit of sh- feeling a bit of shame about that so yeah yeah basically Charlotte is not in this episode let's just we might yeah. as well state that right up front um, <laughs> um yeah the the theme of the episode is judgment being judgmental the question that we will endeavour to answer this week is should we judge a book by its cover? Um, now, this is where this is why we've got Rhiannon on the podcast. Rhiannon is the author of two books, The New Girl and Help, I'm Addicted, both autobiographical, non-fiction titles, um, one of which has Rhiannon on the front, very Carrie, very mm-hmm. Carrie-esque, and one of them does yes. not have Rhiannon on the front. <laughs> like how dare they? How dare they? But maybe maybe the human face has dropped out of fashion because actually there's not a lot of nonfiction with human faces on now. If you look at similar titles mm. by say Sean Fay, Sean Fay's visage is not to be seen anywhere on her book either. Um so mm. yeah, so go on Rhiannon, tell us about I guess your experiences of coming up with the cover for the new girl. Well, actually, at the time, I was a columnist for Elle magazine, and that was also called The New Girl. It ran for two years. Um, And that picture that was on that cover was taken to support the column. Mm. And I think in 2015, I didn't really have many other choices. I was newly into my transition. This was a fabulous picture that was taken by a professional photographer. And it just seemed to work. And nowadays I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, is that really me? Like, <laughs> once, you're, once you're stuck with your face on your cover, like there is no, there's no forgetting no. it. And, and I wouldn't say necessarily like I chose that image particularly, but also I remember on the day of the actual shoot for Elle magazine, it was one of those scenarios where clearly, and this happens a lot sometimes in shoots and fashion, Clearly, a stylist has never dressed a trans person before, and they bring. Yeah. Cl- Sorry, <laughs> they bring... just triggered by that st- sentence because yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> Can we do a Bing Bong Bing trans corner? <laughs> <Bing-bong bing. laughs> oh yeah, trans corner. I don't think we've been to trans corner yet this season. I'm not we? sure we have. No, here we, here we, are. Here we are. Now, now we've got double bubble. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, so I turned up for the shoot and the clothes they'd chosen, you know, my proportions are different to maybe some cis women's bodies. And so some of the clothes they chose, the dresses didn't really fit. So I chose this kind of green outfit, which which complemented my kind of like ginger hair very well. But it's not something that I would necessarily say was very timeless or classic or that I would choose now. But you're kind of you're kind of left with that at the end of the day. And it's, it's, it's what it is. You have to sort of embrace it, I suppose. So I kind of think Carrie's right in being very particular about how she is perceived on the front cover of the book. Oh, 100%. I am incredibly picky. Mm-hmm. I mean, never in my career have I been invited into my publishing house to, to be shown a mock-up 
of a cover. Normally, you, you just <laughs> emailed a JPEG. Um, I mean, like, you were because you were on the cover of one of your books, the Gender Games. Yeah, Gender, Gender Games. Games. Yeah. Yes. So that was that was slightly different. So that was so n- normally, in my experience, your editor, you just get this out of nowhere. You'll just be having a perfectly ordinary day. It sounds like a horror story. It was just a normal day, and you you refresh your <laughs> inbox, and it's just like. Her Majesty's Royal Cover and cover design and you're like, oh fucking hell. And you go and you get yourself a stiff drink and with trepidation you click on the JPEG because I'm not going to say some of my covers I have adored and actually Her Majesty's Royal Cover is a was one of the ones that I, as soon as I opened it I was like, oh my god, yes. Just yes. Mm. 100% no notes. I sign off on this. Um, with some of them, the sad sinking feeling you get is not fun. Like in as well because you know, you know, you've they've had your book, they've had the rights to your book for six months, and sometimes there is a bit of an element of you've had this for six months. Like it's <laughs> it's a red square with some writing on Jill. <laughs> like kind of, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, and I I know obviously cover designers at publishing houses they are do, working on lots and lots and lots of covers. They are underpaid, like everyone in publishing. Um, it's it's a nightmare. Um, but sometimes you you are because because the cover and this is I, I agree with Rhiannon. This is why Carrie is so right to be particular about the cover because the cover is what goes out into the world. Before anyone decides to buy your book or before anyone decides to read your book, the first thing they see is the cover. And it makes such a difference. And if you have a shit cover, and I have had some shit covers, then you, you, you're the dick who's got to sit next to it for a year as well, like sort of on social yeah. media saying, hey guys, here's the cover for my book. Do you love it? And also I like, <laughs> and also like, I bet people, um, in fact, I know people don't understand how these things work. So people will think it was you that chose the cover and like created mm-hmm. the cover. Like I, I imagine a lot of people think that, which I, I, I bet makes it even more frustrating. Um, which is yeah, why it's I, interesting that Carrie has so much of a say, actually. In, mm. in my experience, if Mark, particularly marketing, so these are the people who have spoken to Barnes and Noble and Waterstones, because what's scary is Barnes and Noble and Waterstones have seen your cover before you have. You are the last person to see it. And so mm. what would probably happen, actually, is Courtney and... What's the other one? There's Courtney and... We forget oh, every time. Mo- Molly Shannon's character. Molly Shannon and a- Amy Sedaris. And Sedaris. The, the, um, yeah, the, the publishers. Publisher they would have people. just said, well, unfortunately for you, Carrie, Barnes and Noble think this cover is amazing, so this is what we're going with. So we're with. doing it. Mm. And she would have just had to tolerate being naked on Fifth Avenue hailing a cab. <laughs> <laughs> what do you both think of that cover? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 basically a, a rip-off of Madonna's sex book, isn't it, that yeah. came out, like, in 93 or I something. Loved, I just thought it was so comical. But, like, it's such a cheap but quite good visual gag, like with the bobble with the photoshopped mm. shopped bobble head on it. I did laugh, <laughs> and I also loved um, when she was like, "No," and like Amy Sedaris is like, "Oh, no is really good." We're looking for a strong reaction, and it's like <laughs> we don't want the strong reaction to be no. <laughs> yeah. um, and then yeah, and then Molly Shannon's like, "Oh, I totally understand, Carrie," and then turns to her and it's like, "We're fucked." <laughs> um, yeah, um, I I completely was on Carrie's side with that as well. Um, it was about Although, the only time in this episode that I was on Carrie's side. <laughs> I was just about to say I was gonna that that's that's where my that's as far as my patience extended to, and yeah. the, the no I I would sooner yeah. die. I have had the no I would sooner die moment. Um, <laughs> the gender games cover was was similar. It was a similar thing I think where um, 
a bit like this one with Carrie, whereby they wanted me on the cover. They knew very, very clever editor called Kate Hewson wanted this idea of a flip book. You know, like when you flip over the little segments and you can be like a builder mm. or a ballerina or a sort of a cowboy or whatever. And to sort of represent all different sort of facets of gender. Mm. And so we, we did have a we did have a dedicated photo shoot. Um, I've forgotten the name of the photographer. That's really dreadful. Um, she's very successful. I want to say Tori something, maybe. Um, she was really good. And um, I had to take about like 30 outfits in like a big, massive like holiday suitcase. Because the idea is they would take multiple, multiple pictures of me wearing lots of different outfits and then chop them all up. Um, but again, I sort of, this was before I'd had any facial feminization. <laughs> So now, knowing what I know now, I, I might have been a bit more sort of like, hmm, will I want, will I want a, a record mm. of my face to exist many years from now? And and the, <laughs> the hardback, I'm not sure that I think possibly the hardback's gone out of print, which is quite normal, but the paperback is still still very much in print. And and yes, yeah, so, I mean, mm. so we are now, that book came out 2017, so we are now, what, five or six years later. And... A lot of people think that's what I look like. Triggering <laughs> <laughs> again. Triggered. Um. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm interested in this. Like, I mean, and feel free to like, um, not say anything if you don't know. <laughs> Obviously, if you were to say to the publishers, like, I want to shoot another cover, would that be a thing that could happen? Like, do you think or not? I think for me, for me, it wouldn't have been because they didn't have the budget to facilitate that. Mm. Um, and I think actually the professional photographer that they chose, they also had to pay him a certain fee and then they negotiated those fees also because he was like, hang on a minute, you're using this picture on the mm. cover of a book. Mm. That wasn't the intent. That wasn't right, the original right. intended, intended purpose. So I think it probably depends on the deal and the publishers, which you have. I mean, I think Carrie's very lucky to be able to kind of have real creative yeah yeah and again that's one of those one of those little clues as to and this is something we'll discuss further on next year as well where there's this sliding scale of just how famous is carrie bradshaw which it's hard to tell Mm. at one point she says you know she's the scrappy little sex column they run next to the ads for penile enlargement but then in season six (laughs) she's being invited to premieres and everybody in prada knows who she is and and so it's kind of, you know, her advance from France, her massive advance from France comes through. And, and so it's difficult to know how famous um, Carrie is. Really. And also like, and also fame then was very different to fame now. So like, mm. I think people, I don't know, like, I feel like people can become famous more easily now with social media. Like she wasn't on social media then. No. She would have, if mm-hmm. she was like a 30 year old sex economist now would be like on Instagram and stuff like that and would probably have like a few hundred she'd probably have like a few hundred thousand followers on instagram maybe like that level but it's difficult isn't it to to compare to quantify it's interesting Mm. and also that's the thing back then there wasn't instagram so nowadays i suppose people are designing book covers which look great through social media like that Mm. wasn't also something you had to consider in like 90 2001 yeah Yeah. because it's Interesting that Dolly Alderton, who is, I guess, the nouveau Carrie Bradshaw for 2022, mm. her face is not on her books. Um, whereas 10 years ago, Kathleen mm. Moran's face was on her books, on all of her books. Um, and and the, again, what's interesting is in the period between Rhiannon's two books, 
we, we're clearly in the age of typography. So I wonder if, I wonder <laughs> if now, although yeah, because because did did we see Carrie's book cover in this season? Oh, we did. It was awful, wasn't it? And I'm just like that. We saw her new book cover, and it was like in front of a spooky <laughs> lake. Can you remember? Oh yeah, like her book about her <laughs> book can. about bereavement with the words <laughs> flirting over a spooky lake, <laughs> like kind of Mr. Big's gone to the lake, kind of. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, even even Carrie, Carrie's not on her books anymore. So yeah, we're in a, we're in a different age. There yeah. will be no that. Do you think she? Do you think she just had one pop at that cover and that was it then? Maybe I'm trying to think. Possibly. We do. I think in the films we see all of her books on a bookshelf. Do you know what she's had? She's gen- generally had really bad luck with photo shoots. So there was the single and fabulous cover. Yeah. And then there was her naked on the side her of the naked bus. naked on the bus, yeah. And I feel like she, it's not her thing, is it? For, <laughs> so let, let's let's put this deranged conversation into perspective. <laughs> so so as, as ever, we'll, we'll start with Carrie, as we often do. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of ground to cover in this. Because really, this episode is a culmination of things we have long since suspected here on So I Got to Thinking, which is Carrie is a dreadful prude and has no business being a sex columnist. Discuss. Yes. Here, here, here. here, here. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so the first thing I, the, the, the first thing that springs to mind is when Carrie's trying on the, so for listeners who don't remember, Samantha helps Carrie like PR her book and helps like style Carrie. Um, and Carrie wears an outfit that Samantha recommends and comes out and says, this screams hooker, what respectable New York woman would be caught dead wearing this? Carrie, a sex columnist, basically just called sex workers trash with that. <laughs> like, while there was a sex worker standing mm-hmm. right there, Marcus was standing right there. <gasps> oh, she didn't know he was a sex worker That's that true. Point, to be fair. That's true. But, yeah. <laughs> and she also gaslights Samantha as well, which was the worst bit for me. Like, she's like being like all arch with her down the phone and then Samantha's like, are you okay? And Carrie's like, oh, I'm fine. I also, I also, that particular scene you just mentioned, Dylan, when Carrie comes out of the dressing room wearing that marabou furry thing <laughs> is when Carrie says, ladies our age need to cover Thank up. you. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, how old are you? 36. <laughs> she had her birthday two weeks ago. That woman is 36 years old. <laughs> Like heaven help her on a beach. I mean, beach. it's ridiculous. Like, I like for to God's think. Sake. I like to think that when it first aired somewhere, Madonna was watching it, just cackling with like a martini. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's time for ladies our age to cover up. Like, Why don't you what? just I mean... fuck off, Carrie? Just fuck off right now. Signed, Juno Dawson, forty-one years old. <laughs> exactly. Me and Juno are in our forties. <laughs> We're older than Carrie, and I'm just like shook. I'm shook that she would say that. It's literally ridiculous. Just so conservative. Every, I mean, even even in even in that first conversation with with her editors, you know, she's like, you know, no matter how stressed I am, I always find time to put the clothes on my body before I step out the door. And then she is prissy about Samantha. I mean, I would have thought that was hysterical. Yeah, I I mean, I I wouldn't have stayed to watch, but, you know, (laughs) I would have just gone and sat in the waiting room just where you... you... I'll be here when you're finished. Or better better still, I'll meet you at the restaurant. 
Just go no. go down and order. Go get a cocktail, and she will see you when she has finished. Um, I was trying to think if um, things like that have happened ever with me and my friends before, and it has once. And I won't I won't name him. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it has once, and. It was pretty much exactly how you said you'd react, you know, like I just kind of like, I was just kind of like, oh, hi. <laughs> and then like very quickly left. Where and did this, we... where did this encounter take place? It was on holiday. Oh, okay. Um, so I came back to where we were staying mm-hmm. um, and it was going on. <laughs> and, um, I said, oh, hi, and just left. And then WhatsApped him saying, I'm at this bar. And then he like walked through the door and the first thing we did was we just like both burst out laughing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it's fine. Like we're all adults. Like these things happen. These things happen sometimes. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, um, Samantha is Carrie's best friends. Carrie knows exactly what Samantha's like. Mm. I mean, in that scene, what I love is um, Kim Cattrall's acting. She's so superb when she does this camp seductress kind of like style. And Carrie's all, uh, Carrie said SJP's also great when she just kind of plays this fool and bangs into doors and everything Yeah, like she's that. good at that. She's really yeah, good at that. Yeah, she's very good at that. But with that scene in general, I was just like, A, Carrie didn't knock and walked into her friend's office. So in a way, it's kind of like, it's her fault from the very beginning that she disturbed Samantha giving somebody a blowjob. In my eyes, anyway. Yeah, I feel like the other girls make fun of Samantha for saying like, like she says, oh, it was in my office. And Miranda's like, oh, in your, oh, in your office, right. But um, I don't know, like your office is a, a private, is your private place to work, I suppose. Yeah. It's interesting that Kim Cattrall would later say that she didn't like these storylines, that she did find them a little degrading. And that's particularly, she said, that she was very dissatisfied with her thread in Sex and the City 2, where obviously it culminates with her, you know, she is arrested for public indecency, but then she has sex on the bonnet of a car. And she was like, is, is, th- is this the best you can do with a character that I've played for the best part of 20 years kind of in? And mm. I, so I understand her frustration. But on this occasion, it felt like the first time they'd really done it. Um, and as well, I just think in the, in the People versus in the people versus Samantha Jones, you know, she's going to be found not guilty. Lest we forget, two years ago, Kim Cattrall, freshly manicured, had to fish a diaphragm out of Carrie Bradshaw's vagina. (laughs) And, you know, that's how close these women are. Is it really that shocking, Carrie, that Mm. your friend who you know is very sex positive is, is pleasuring her burly Worldwide Express delivery man? I mean, really? Um, and what really pisses me off more than anything is that Carrie gets away with it. In the yeah. end, in the end, Samantha comes round to Carrie's way of thinking because she sees Stanford getting a blowy from Marcus. And and Samantha's like, oh my gosh, now I too understand how scandalous it is to witness a blur job. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Kat Carrie apologises, I suppose. That really but. pissed me off as well because I didn't remember how the episode ended and I thought, oh, like, this is really pissing me off at the moment but in the end, Carrie's going to apologise. And then when it ended, I was like, what? She's gotten away with it. Um, but she does say, make make no mistake, it's not my style, but I really admire your ability to put your sex life out there. So she at least says that. But why does she have an issue with someone putting... The, uh, why does she have a job style? as a sex columnist? She's a sex columnist. <laughs> <laughs> She's a sex columnist. I, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I would. Demand, I just, I wish we could actually like read more of Carrie's columns in the actual yeah. TV TV show, because like, if your friend was like Samantha, that is like sex column gold. Like you're being yeah. given all this beautiful stuff to write about. Like, why wouldn't you utilize it rather than just be so judgmental about it? it doesn't make any sense. Well, can you imagine her column? Hi, New York. <laughs> make no mistake. I don't really like sex. However. <laughs> I heard once some people did have sex. <laughs> um, one thing I one thing I did like about this the the Samantha and Carrie stuff was I thought it portrayed really well like how rifts can can happen between friends. So like it starts off with like a little blunt comment, like when Carrie's a little bit off on the phone, and then Samantha's a little bit off as well, and Carrie sort of hangs up and goes hmm, and she sort of she sort of detects that. I guess now the equivalent would be like someone replying okay full stop on whatsapp or something and you're a bit like oh like you sort of know something's wrong mm. um i thought they portrayed that quite well it's mm. interesting knowing everything we know now about sjp and kim cattrall mm. do you think do you think like they held kim cattrall hostage on that soundstage until she agreed to say the line isn't she fabulous mm-hmm. and it was like some sort of punishment look it's in the script you've got to stand around <laughs> with all the attention on carrie and then you've <laughs> got to say isn't she fabulous which which i know that that was interestingly that very moment was when one of my friends stopped watching she was like, "This is fucking ridiculous!" Like, oh, wow. no, this is just this is. It, it almost becomes just very I mean, self-congratulatory, <laughs> kind of like this sense of if you read between the lines, they're almost saying, "God, isn't Carrie Bradshaw fabulous?" And you're a bit kind of like, "Okay, no, <laughs> sure." Okay. I mean, that's just testament to um, Kim Cattrall's acting, isn't it? That she's able to like step beyond the profan. She's able to be professional and step beyond the personal to deliver such like a beautiful moment like that. That's true. And mm. I got, I sort of almost got um, goosebumps despite myself from that final cover shoot scene, just because there was the music and it was Sex in the City mm. and she was posing. Um, and I mean, Juno, we're both hypocrites because it was this very scene that inspired the artwork that our listeners are, are looking at right now. So, gosh, <laughs> yeah, the hours to make my hair go that curly. My hair is not that naturally curly. Again, a, a picture. <laughs> they're just lies, lies. That is not me. That's not my hair. Um, um, those are neither my boobs or legs <laughs> anymore either. I mean, for me, Samantha Jones is like one of the best dressed women in oh, the gosh. TV in the TV show. Like, if we just if we just for a moment put Patricia Field aside and imagine that Samantha's choosing her own outfits. She's incredible, like, the things she wears. So, so I'm actually very surprised the things she would pull in for Carrie, mm. knowing both how their style choices. Doesn't that yeah. seem weird? I mean, it's obviously used as kind of the, the arc in the narrative to further kind of reinforce this rift between two friends. But at the same time, like, I just don't quite believe Samantha would pull those clothes. No, me either. Samantha has amazing taste. and That's a good the, point. And practically as well, the Marabou trim see-through nightie is a real choice because more, more so than at any other point in this season, you can really, really see that Carrie is pregnant. Mm. So, it, so it's a strange, a strange choice to... There was one in Atlantic City as well, which sort of exposed her midriff and... I can see oh, what the they were fringe. trying. Yeah, I can see what they were trying, but it would have been there are so many other things they could have put her in. But I think Rhiannon's right that you know we've seen 
Samantha in the most extraordinary lingerie and slips and nineties. Mm. Mm. Um, and then, but apparently she does have that marabou trim one in red. <laughs> apparently, um, so who knew? I love um, I love Marcus just saying it's not very modern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marcus! Well, at one point we will do a deep dive. On, Justice for Marcus. On Marcus. Justice for <laughs> Paul Marcus, who somewhere between season six and the film, just gone. Is. Just gone, gone, who knows (laughs) Never never to be mentioned again And also this episode really reminded me How good Stanford is and how sad it is That he's just disappeared, he he died And then just disappeared from the show It's really sad Yeah, Yeah, and this is the first time in a while That we've seen him Mm. Um, When was he last It was season four we last saw him, I think I think you could very well be right I would need to do a check um, yeah. All that glitters. All that glitters. When yeah, yeah. Carrie briefly goes out with Murray Bartlett, Emmy-nominated yeah. Murray Bartlett. Yes. Um, um, let's take a little break, um, and when we come back, we will deal with again. There's no Charlotte this week, but we will deal with um, Miranda, Weight Watchers, and try to answer this ridiculous question. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This week, we are watching the season five episode, Cover Girl, and we're joined by our special guest, Rhiannon Styles. So, um, is there anything else we would like to say about Carrie being just a judgy, horrible witch? <laughs> or, shall we, or shall we move on? <laughs> also, I think that, I, th- I think uh, for me also, when they're in the restaurant having their lunch, Carrie's outfit that day is not the best also. So it's kind of like pot kettle black, isn't it? When she actually does pull Samantha aside for the choices she's made. I look at, I look at Carrie that day and thought, that is not a good choice. <laughs> was, was it also, the, sec- the Sex Pistols Vivian Westwood thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, not, yeah it's also, not very Carrie. Not very. She Carrie. doesn't do punk very well. No. no, no. And when she's walking, when she walks in, she's wearing. When she walks in on Samantha, she's wearing a beret and a poncho. <laughs> like, I mean, 
Oh no, but I loved that. I loved that one. I loved the beret with the big off shoulder. I would wear that. I wouldn't you wear like a, a heel around my flat, which is what I noticed later. You like a beret on Carrie? I like a beret on Carrie. I can't wear hats. I've got a weird head. <laughs> oh, I was going to say as well. Just very. We can't. We can't um, talk about this storyline without the iconic Samantha quote. I will not be judged by your society. I will wear and blow whomever I want as long as I can breathe and kneel. Mm. Iconic. I had never noticed in all the times I've watched this episode, I had never noticed Samantha's knees cracking as she got, <laughs> yeah. as she, as she got off the floor, which is that was great. Chill, chillingly accurate as a woman in your 40s. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's reminiscent of reality. Yeah, but just a lovely, lovely little touch. That, so it's a shame because sometimes they get things so right and there yeah. is that attention to detail. Mm. But then, uh, I, what I wish... Possibly. So in the dream, so again, if I had a do-over with this episode, what would have been nice in the end is, is perhaps more pathos from Carrie saying, I'm jealous because I don't have your confidence. Hmm. You know, I wish I wish I did. You know, I used to. I used to wear what I wanted. I used to suck off a million guys. But now I feel I'm getting on and that has come to a head because she's been asked to represent herself very publicly and she no longer knows how to represent herself. And that is something that I I can chime with, which is, you know, my body has changed dramatically in the last seven years of my life. And I can't even wear the things now that I was wearing at the, the early days of my transition you know, because because of my internalised ageism, because my body has changed, I've gained weight. You know, it's kind of, you know, that to me is a much more interesting feminist conversation than just should we judge a book by its cover? You know, are we... Is her, can, Carrie's kind of question hints that is judgment a good thing that sort of keeps us safe? Is it like an early alarm system that stops us from making mistakes? Um However, what that has to do with book covers is literally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did like, while we're on clothes, I did like, very stylish and classic, I liked Charlotte's bookshop look. The, oh, the, the black, Ralph Lauren. Ralph, Ralph mm. Lauren jumper with the pink horse. With the, I would wear that, I think, <laughs> as, I, as I enter my... Um, I did enjoy... Um... I did enjoy Charlotte in the bookshop in general. Travel. Mm-hmm. Travel. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice seeing it like strap around the self-help aisle, wasn't it? A little bit. And, and it was, and it also, that, that also kind of really aged the episode for me. So when they showed all those yeah. book covers from like the noughties, I was like, wow. Because the girls themselves, they kind of, they kind of can be quite timeless at times. But at those book covers, I was like, no, this is definitely over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like something that so dated it for me as well was when it was, the voiceover was like, "Who needs the self help aisle when you can go to Amazon dot com?" And it's like, <laughs> "Fuck, fuck bookshops then." <laughs> well, you you forget you you truly forget now. So I think there's a couple of things in this episode that are really interesting. One was how Charlotte ruined the world by introducing Amazon to the mass market. <laughs> Which at that, at that point, remember, Amazon was just an online bookshop. Like, it didn't sell any yeah. else but books. I've just checked when it started expanding out into other things, which is about 2005. So this was when Amazon was literally a bookshop. Um, it is clearly a product placement in that yeah. they talk mm. about the benefits and features of using Amazon. Yep, fuck Barnes and Nobel. Um, <laughs> and also, the other thing that I think was interesting was 
sorry to go back to Carrie and Samantha, but was this the beginning of the end in that this was the first time Samantha offered her professional skills to Carrie for free? So they're very strange blurring of professional and personal, which of course in the end culminates with Carrie sacking the woman she hadn't properly paid. <laughs> oh yeah, and should, just like that. S- should Samantha Jones unionise, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and when you ask your friends to work with you for food and drink, is that something Samantha should have been offering? Was there a contract? Oh, yeah. It was the beginning of the end of both capitalism <laughs> and <my> friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and the City. Sex and the City is directly responsible for capitalism. That's yes, well, the start of Amazon and everything else. <laughs> Although, I mean, Global warming. It... You, can, you can keep going. We can keep going. Yeah. Although, again, it's Sex and the City. There is a whole dissertation to be done about the capitalist propaganda within Sex and the City. Um, those films are about shopping. Like, um, mm, yeah. I go shopping for labels. I go shopping for love, as Fergie tells us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wondered if um, Weight Watchers was product placement as well, maybe. Yes! Yeah. Definitely. The only sensible choice is Weight Watchers. Yeah. Um, and then you meet a guy, you go, you meet a guy, like, I mean, I suppose it all ended badly, but... <laughs> um, let's talk about um, Miranda, Big Burn Tom, and Weight Watchers. Mm. Um, lots of interesting things to talk about with this one. First of all, let's talk about Weight Watchers. Um, I have never done Weight Watchers myself. I have. I know lots of friends who have. And my mum was an adherent for much of my childhood as well. I would say to our listeners, go and listen to the Weight Watchers episode of Maintenance Phase. The very... I would highly rate this podcast. It's Michael Hobbs and Aubrey Gordon. They talk about all sorts of things about the sort of health and wellness market through a very critical lens i've learned so much about diet culture and the diet industry from from michael and aubrey i'm sure i i think i'm preaching to converted i'm sure a lot of our listeners also listen to maintenance phase and um the other weight watch episode is really damning like it's that kind of focus on numerical calorie counting or in their case points counting it's very problematic and it is a little hop skip and a jump into sort of very disordered eating because you're kind of bartering so you're basically mm. denying yourself like that that quite chilling phrase in the script that had obviously been too legal with the bookseller unprompted saying you can even have dessert um yeah that's <laughs> the problem but you have to deny yourself the rest of your food in order to have your slice of cheesecake you Mm. know so it's it's it is very culty you know oprah threw her weight behind weight watchers literally as well when she lost a bunch of weight with weight watchers and so it has kind of become this real movement but um what's the problem here is that sex and the city presents an entirely uncritical depiction of weight watchers it's just this miracle cure where um, obviously, I don't know if Miranda was wearing padding for season five or if it was the baby weight that she had in real life gained when she had her child. But um, obviously, we notice the weight goes really quickly. So um, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's now, I think, given that one of the things we do at this podcast is we kind of re-examine through a slightly more critical lens. It was interesting to hear Tom and Miranda talking about the other diet. 
like the cabbage soup diet gets a mention. Mm. I think he mentions one of what was it? He says he eats egg and egg and melon or something. Yeah, is it like egg and walk and watermelon or something? It's like an egg <laughs> and a fruit. <laughs> and I was thinking, I actually thought about what that would be like, and I just thought that is oh no, that is a bleak existence. Mm. <laughs> um, and I just I found it the thing I found most jarring about this storyline is like. Of course, like, everyone sees their own weight differently and how I see Miranda's weight is might be different to how Miranda saw it if she were a real character. But the thing I found the most jarring is through my eyes, I was watching a storyline, an overweight storyline, a, a weight loss storyline, about someone who is not overweight. <laughs> um, mm. That was, I think, and I think a sign of the times as well. Like, I think last week, Juno, we discussed, like, the 90s body image Mm. Um, well, the, lolly, just, the, the lollipop women, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting, really interesting now, just to compare what was considered fat. And she calls herself fat. What was considered fat then? She's baby. Um, was, she, was she Miranda baby weight? Yeah, Miranda yeah, baby weight and Tom big boned. Um, yeah. I quite, I quite also, it just feels... Do you? <laughs> put a beard on that man and he's right up my street. He's a bit wonky. He looks like he enjoys his food. Yeah, I'm mm. here for it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I was going to say also, this seems like a storyline that they, it's one, it was reminiscent a little bit of kind of the recent stuff and, and just like that because it was like, they just bring it in one week and then it's gone. Like yeah. there's no there's no further development. If Miranda's unhappy about her weight, surely it would be a much longer conversation than, you know, a, a small kind of like, um, exchange with Charlotte in the bookshop while she's eating kind of like a, what is she eating in the bookshop at that point like that she's shaming herself about <laughs> it's like a biscuit or something yeah it's um, like so a um one it reminded me of those those kinder you know those kinder sticks what are they called like a bueno like, yeah <laughs> kinder bueno. I, think it, I think it might have been something similar yeah, but, but again food <laughs> shaming oh god no again listen to maintenance phase it will change your life um <sighs> get get some lovely get some lovely science and facts in you in your brain good good times but I well, let's talk about the juicy jump. bits let's talk i was gonna say let's <laughs> yeah. talk about the thrust obviously we i've picked an entirely different problem out of this storyline um <laughs> we, i don't think they thought it was a problem but it's a problem so let's talk about the problem they present to us which is tom god well how to describe it he has excess <laughs> vaginal fluid on his face i don't, I don't really know how else yeah. to put it i mean and then he kisses miranda afterwards and she's like grossed out by it um <laughs> i was surprised by this i like mm. i was surprised when i first watched it and i'm still surprised now like i feel everyone's different but i feel like during sex like these kind of things it might happen and does happen sometimes and you kind of I don't know, like, you're ready for it. <laughs> or I am, anyway. I, mean, I agree with you, Dylan. Yeah. I agree, because if, if a guy's licked my bum and then kisses me on the lips, yeah. like, I'm fine with it, because I know I've cleaned. What's, yeah, the What's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> I can't, well, okay, so I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate, because I know. <laughs> no. It's not that. Come on, not Juno. No, it, it, well, A... I know my mother-in-law listens to this, but B also <laughs> no. I just no. I just I, I, I just wouldn't because, like, obviously, obviously, very quickly you join us in a new corner. It's rimming corner. And <laughs> um, although we did, we we've we've covered rimming on this podcast before. Of course, that the marathon, Mister Marathon, like took us lingus. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, 
And yeah, no, I wouldn't. I couldn't even even knowing even knowing my bottom, my tuckus would be sparklingly clean and douched. I uh, no, no, please, no. I do not want even indirectly my bottom to make contact with my mouth. Um, this is not the human centipede or whatever it's called. Stop. Um, but in terms of, however, after oral sex, yes, fine, hundred percent. Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think, and again, we we never get the answer to that because I think Miranda does question. You know, I if if the tables were turned, I would be offended if she had gone down on a guy and then he wouldn't kiss her. She would be offended. Do we think this has something to do with kind of this? This episode was co-written by Michael Patrick King and a woman. Mm. Does this have? undertones of slight self-loathing around particularly sort of vaginas. You know, there's Mm. a whole industry around trying to get women to hate the smell of their vaginas, the look of their vaginas, all the things, the hair growing around a vagina is something to be scared of as well, you know, kind of. And that, there was a little bit about this around this, which is that, you know, the fact that he had like vaginal fluid around his face was presented as being disgusting, like a perfectly mm. normal feature of a cis vagina. Yeah. Is and kind they kind of ridiculed. Of, they kind of made it look disgusting as well. Like, even though I'm so not squeamish about that sort of thing, just the way that the scene was presented and his like facial expression and stuff when he was like coming up to her, I was a bit like, ugh. Um, (laughs) but like but that's not in any way because I have I'm like the opposite of someone who has a fear of things like that but you're right I think that was the way it was deliberately Mm. presented Mm. I mean it seems like Miranda's like Miranda was obviously having a really great orgasm and a really great time so why can't she just take the fact that okay she just has to give this guy a little a little peck on the lips and then he's happy (laughs) right it's just like I love um I love when they're describing it to Charlotte and they like put it to Charlotte and you expect her to be all shocked and stuff. And she's sort of like impatient. She's like, oh, well, of course, like <laughs> you have some tissues by the bed and he subtly taps his face. <laughs> oh, Do you know what it also reminds Samantha's, Samantha's amazing. When I was a lesbian, I could get in and out with just the <laughs> finest lip gloss. Amazing. <laughs> I was going to mention that. And also this was reminiscent for me. Wasn't there also a storyline at some point? With Miranda, I think it was, when she was having sex with somebody and then he got into the shower, he always had to have a shower really quickly. And she was always really pissed off about that. It's kind of like the tables turned, right? That's mm. true. That was back mm. in, yeah, season, season well, well one. Remembered, like season one, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I you're think right. continuity has gone at this point. <laughs> I wouldn't work. The continuity has sailed out of the window. But yeah, no, and I did, I felt really sorry for Paul Big Bun Tom until, until he does have, you know, his his sulky tantrum when she does quite politely ask him oh, yeah, to wipe silly. his face is also a bit RTT as well. Um, I love when she's like, you're good at it. Bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and Carrie's so unsympathetic. She went out with an overreader and he overrated her. Ah! <laughs> no, mean, mean, judgmental. See, she it's... is judgmental. It's mm-hmm. one of the things. It's one of the things. Sex in the City rightly gets made fun of for the most is when one of them makes like a really average pun, and then everyone around the table's like, "Ha!" <laughs> like <laughs> losing their shit over it. <laughs> I'm gonna say, and I understand now. I 
again, we need a womb in the room. <laughs> Hi, don't, it's fine. We, we've got we've got Bethany Rutter on next week. It's going to be fine. But I, from what I understand, it's not all straight men are willing to do cunnilingus. It's apparently there are some men who are just not down for that. So possibly Miranda should have been more willing to train Tom with mm. his glaze, with his sexual facial glaze. She loves oh. glaze on a donut, but not on a man. I was going to say, I just related it back to that, to glazed, <laughs> to glazed mm. donuts. <laughs> Do you know, and it's so funny, after all these years, and I know what they're doing, I know what they're doing. It, I still, every time I see this episode, I really want a Krispy Kreme donut, because no one else does glaze like Krispy Kreme. Mm. Um, mm. We are not sponsored by Krispy Kreme. We've got so much, pro- <laughs> so much product placement in this episode. Hang on, we've got Amazon, Weight Watchers, Krispy Kreme, Barnes & Noble, although I didn't see any branding for Barnes & Noble, so I think... Although I know they did, that was at the Union Square Barnes and Noble where they filmed. But um, uh, Balenciaga got a mention as well. Yeah, this is when it starts to get insane. I think like season mm. six, like the fashion brat, it all just comes flooding in, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, although there is, uh, have you guys seen that super? There's like a supercut on YouTube of every time a brand is mentioned in Sex in the City. Oh my god! No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And it's, it's like twenty minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> It's like insane. That's a full episode. Yeah, that is one whole episode of Sex and the City. And it's just all of them going, Fendi, Virgin Airways, Balenciaga, Manolo Blahnik. Hang on, is that just in the films? You could probably get 20 minutes out of just the films, actually. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, The scene, because I'll tell you what, the scene with Carrie in the first shoot, so we're just all over the place this episode. The scene (laughs) with Carrie in the first shoot is kind of recreated in that really cringe scene in Sex and the City, the movie one, where she's trying on all the wedding dresses. And with oh, yeah. Fergie's backing up, click, clack, flash, clack. Oscar de la Renta, Valentino. Vivian Westwood. Vivian Westwood. Westwood. Deranged. Unhinged scenes, honestly. Okay, let's let's bring, let's, Bring it on home as we attempt to answer the question, should we always judge a book by its cover? And I say we can answer this however we want. That's the rule here on So I Got to Thinking. We can apply it to anything we see fit. So Rhiannon, Mm. should we judge a book by its cover? I would say yes, because I do always judge books by their covers. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a literal interpretation. Yeah, true, same actually, 100%. So I'm interpreting it a, a, on, on, a, on a bit more of a wider spectrum. Um, so I'm going to say, in terms of like people, situations, I'm going to say we shouldn't, but we often do involuntarily because that's human nature and that's fine, but we should acknowledge that we're doing that and we should try not to. <laughs> 100% because, mm, of, because, of, because of something called unconscious bias. bias. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think... You know, it doesn't matter how switched on you think you are. We all carry a lot of unconscious bias around with us all the time. And I, and I think that's, that's the problem. So you're right. I don't think we should be, I don't think we should feel guilty about judging a book by its cover. But what we must be aware of is the kind of the privileges and the presumptions that we carry with us. <gasps> Gosh, if there only Carrie Bradshaw had such insights. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't. So, um... <laughs> I mean, God, imagine the column she wrote about this one. And in the end, my friend realised that seeing a blowjob is traumatic. <laughs> I'm sure I, would just, I... I would just 
just on the subjects of blowjobs, how great is it though to see Stanford receiving a blowjob and be really happy about it and just to look Samantha in the eye with zero, <laughs> yeah. with zero shame at all? Oh, see, I found so that good. All bit, I just found that a bit creepy because I find Stanford quite sexless. <laughs> so more, that's more of a Stanford related issue. Although then, what the fuck was that about when when Samantha and Carrie are shocked at the notion that Stanford mm. would be receiving a blowjob? Does she I think bottoms? Yeah, okay. Does she think bottoms don't do blowies or something? I don't know. Well, that's also like a conversation around like maybe like feminine gay men always being perceived as being a bottom, right? Yeah. So that and which is probably not the case always. No, so. no, absolutely not. No. no. What God, did you yeah, make of didn't... that, Dylan? What were, were um, you slightly startled? I, do you know what I was just like? Because <laughs> I remembered it. I remembered that that line was in mm. there, and I was just like, oh, do you know what? Like, considering all the other shit that's happened in this episode, like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, <Fine>. sure, Jan, and <laughs> um, Rhiannon, um, yes. Obviously, we, we've told everyone about your books, The New Girl mm-hmm. and Help, I'm Addicted, which are in all good bookshops now. What else are you working on at the moment? <laughs> um, I'm actually learning German at the moment because I do, li- <laughs> I do live Hang in Berlin. On. You've been here for some time now. Hang on. <laughs> Don't This rub podcast salt is it. sponsored by Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rub salt into the wound. I know. I've, I've lived in Berlin for six years and I'm only just learning German. Um, <laughs> aside from that, um, not much, actually, is the true answer. And really not much. Great. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very, it's interesting, and I've used them in my book since. I'm very, I'm obsessed with, on. if you follow Rhiannon on social media, um, she often posts about her gong baths, which she runs. <laughs> yes. And I really want to go to one. It looks like just the most extraordinarily relaxing experience. Can you tell us about that? Because I'm just intrigued. Um, that's true, Juno. Thanks for bringing that up. Yes, I facilitate <laughs> I facilitate sound meditation in Berlin, which essentially is people coming to a yoga studio, lying down, chilling out while I play a variety of instruments, one of which is a gong. And it really allows you to access a deep sense of relaxation and peace in a meditation much quicker than you would be if you were maybe doing meditation through your breath work or something. So actually people leave within an hour of ju- and just completely transform because it kind of rejuvenates so much and um, just kind of gives you some space to kind of, if you, whatever you bring to the session, you will be allowed to work through if that makes sense. So they're very I, I relaxing, I suggest it. As somebody who really, really struggles to switch off, I think I need to mm-hmm. look into that. God, I do. I live near enough to Brighton. There must be something happening in Brighton. Oh yeah, goodness. yes, for sure, there has to be. Thank you so much for coming on. So I got to thinking. I know it's been a mm-hmm. long time. Thank you very, very much for finally coming on. Well, do you know what? I really got into this podcast during lockdown because it was so. It was such a kind of like <clears throat> ritual. Every Tuesday morning, I would have a bath and shave my legs and listen to the podcast and it was just like normality happening when everything else was falling apart and you just did not know from one day to the next what was going to happen so thank you for inviting me and it's been an absolute pleasure to be here oh Oh, thank you for coming Mm. yeah and you are you are not alone in that i know a lot of listeners found us during that first big lockdown as well so Mm. world you're welcome. <laughs> While we still have breath and the ability to kneel, we will be here doing this podcast. While Michael Patrick King is still writing those episodes, unfortunately, we're being held hostage. So, hey, it's Jay Diaz. <laughs> <laughs>
We've got round again. two this winter. Here we go again. Oh, oh. <laughs> Rhiannon, will you come back on for an Just Like That season two, please? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Amazing, right? We're going to hold you to that. You're being held yes. hostage by the whims <laughs> of Sarah Jessica Parker as well. Fabulous. Okay, then we will see you next um, week on So I Got To Thinking when we do mathematics because we're going to learn that plus one is the loneliest number. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Just brace yourselves and we'll be joined by one of my friends, author Bethany Rutter. We will see you next week. Until then, bye for now. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.